Welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPEL 232-1542. If you want to join me, Joe Cunningham, here on the air today, very glad to be with you on this partially sunny, partially cloudy day. Uh, we could be seeing some showers in the area. The, the clouds do look dark and laden with some extra moisture. Hopefully we can avoid most of that, and hopefully we can avoid accidents on the way home today. I have to give Nancy Pelosi credit. It pains me to do so. It is not something that I woke up this morning wanting to do, but we have to give Nancy Pelosi credit. It appears that she is not backing down in the face of threats from the Chinese military, and she is going to fly into Taipei, the capital of Taiwan. And this is inherently a good thing. There is long-standing U.S. policy that the U.S. recognizes the independence of Taiwan. Now, it's interesting because National Security Spokesman John Kirby told reporters just a little while ago that the U.S. does not support Taiwan independence amid heightened threats from China about Nancy Pelosi's reported trip to the island. That's actually something that an official in the U.S. government said, despite years of policy where the U.S. has supported Taiwan, Jack Kirby, spokesperson for the National Security Council, said that the U.S. does not support Taiwan independence. Nothing has changed about our one China policy, Kirby said. We have repeatedly said that we oppose any unilateral changes to the status quo from either side. We have said that we do not support Taiwan independence, and we have said that we expect cross-strait differences to be resolved by peaceful means. Pelosi's office confirmed on Sunday that she would be leading a delegation to Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea, and Japan. Her office did not say whether she would be visiting Taiwan. However, two sources briefed on the matter told Reuters that she is set to visit Taiwan on Tuesday. CNN also verified that via their sources this morning. So the Biden administration does not support an independent Taiwan. But again, you have to give Nancy Pelosi some credit here. She's actually been pretty antagonistic toward the Chinese Communist Party, if you can believe that. Uh, this from Jim Garrity at National Review earlier uh, this morning, which I think is a pretty interesting look inside Pelosi's past on this issue. Via Garrity, Pelosi sees herself as a progressive hawk on China. In recent days, people dug into archives and found footage of her trip to China in 1991, two years after the Tiananmen Square massacre, when students were, and protesters in Beijing were crushed by the Chinese government. Pelosi and other members of Congress visited Tiananmen Square and displayed a banner honoring demonstrators until Beijing police showed up, hassling them and the media traveling with them. Back in the day, Pelosi opposed giving China most favored nation trade status, calling it a nation that proliferates weapons of mass destruction, maintains trade barriers that bar U.S. products from its market, and continues to arrest, detain, exile, or harass people who peacefully express their political or religious beliefs in China, in China and Tibet. Pelosi is a little bit of a progressive hawk on China. Now, that's not to say that she is 
in any way someone that we should admire among the conservative movement. She has been uh, in all ways progressive. But she does have a point in her past opposition to the Chinese Communist Party, the ruling class of China. And it's worth noting that in flying to Taiwan, she is affirming what was previously U.S. stance that Taiwan is not a rogue state, as China believes. Taiwan is an independent nation state. It is independent of China. And the Biden administration, not wanting to cause some sort of ripple, is out there saying that they don't believe Taiwan is independent. That is pretty telling. It is pretty telling that Jack Kirby would go out and say this to reporters as Nancy Pelosi is preparing for a flight into Taiwan's capital. Now, again, this comes in the face of threats from the Chinese military. A member of Chinese state media tweeted out, if U.S. fighter jets escort Pelosi's plane into Taiwan, it is invasion. The PLA has the right to forcibly dispel Pelosi's plane and the U.S. fighter jets, including firing warning shots and making tactical movement of obstruction. If ineffective, then shoot them down. That tweet was actually deleted. Kudos to Twitter for finally deleting a threat from the Chinese Communist Party on Twitter. But they did so because this person threatened Nancy Pelosi's life. Earlier this morning, in the wake of the news breaking, the Chinese government posted a propaganda video touting their their military in the wake of Nancy Pelosi potentially visiting Taiwan. China's not happy. Now, China has been pushing for a long time. I mentioned this on Friday, but China's been pushing for a long time for territorial expansion into the sea and influential expansion around the globe. They are losing that right now. If you remember, China was actually critical of Russia in their invasion of Ukraine, primarily because the Chinese saw that as a threat to their own intentions on Taiwan. If Russia did this and it looked bad, it would make the world turn more readily against the idea of China doing it to Taiwan. But China eventually supported Russia. Why is that? Not to make everything about American politics, but in this case, There is something to be said here. Look at the U.S. and the West's reaction to Russia's uh, invasion of Ukraine. A lot of talk, some monetary support, but then nothing else. Europe still even bought energy from Russia. We still imported energy from Russia. Russia suffered no consequences from the West on this. And on Friday, I mentioned Axios had it on uh, via their sources that the U.S. military is actually floating the idea that China, which was originally looking maybe at a timetable of invading sometime between 2025 and 2030, China could actually invade Taiwan in the next 18 months. Who is in charge of the U.S. government and the U.S. response to Russia? Joe Biden. Who will still be in office in 18 months? Joe Biden. What is the popular expectation right now across U.S. media? That in 2025, the president is not going to be Joe Biden. 
So take advantage of weakness in U.S. leadership and go ahead and schedule your invasion while Joe Biden's still in office. That could very well be what's going on here. And Nancy Pelosi, for whatever reason, is making the right decision and is flying to Taiwan to support the existence of Taiwan as an independent state. It should be noted. The Biden administration has been trying to talk Pelosi out of this for weeks, and she's still planning on doing it. It's pretty telling. And really pretty shameful of the Biden administration to want to bend the knee to the Chicoms. 232-1542, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we got some more stories to hit on, including... More Americans living paycheck to paycheck. This economy has been rough. We'll talk about that and more here on The Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to The Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. So Nancy Pelosi, yes, is right. Uh, it pained me to write that headline at Red State this morning, but she is doing the right thing. Um, a, a, a progressive friend of mine actually sent a message that I'm, I'm sorry that you had to write that. They, they know how bad it feels to have to write that. It would be much the same way if a progressive activist like this guy would have to write that Mitch McConnell is right about something. It is, that's just how it is. But all of this is happening far away from here. A little bit closer to home, though, there is more bad news for the Democrats. And it's not in the form of polling. We will get to that later. This is in the form of the economy. From CNBC. Inflation has been causing economic hardship for workers across all income levels. You need to listen to these numbers. As of June, 61% of Americans, roughly 157 million adults, lived paycheck to paycheck, according to a new Lending Club report. That's up 58% who reported living paycheck to paycheck in May. A year ago, the number of adults who felt stretched too thin was 55%. Even top earners have been struggling to make ends meet, the report found. Of those earning $200,000 or more a year, 36% reported living paycheck to paycheck, a jump from the previous month. Another recent survey from consulting firm Willis Towers Watson estimated 36% of those earning $100,000 or more said they were living paycheck to paycheck. A lot of this is a result of inflation. Now, yes, some of us can go the Dave Ramsey route and say that these people should reduce themselves to rice and beans, beans and rice until they get their financial affairs in order. But inflation has been wrecking absolute havoc. On our spending habits. Hourly average uh, earnings are up 5.1% from a year ago. But inflation has gone up by 9.1%. The economy is suffering. Inflation has outpaced wage growth. It now costs more to buy things than you are making in wage increases. The data 
all of it together, and this again is over at CNBC, shows that Americans are shelling out more to cover their monthly expenses, making it difficult to make ends meet. As a result, they're dipping into cash reserves and nearly half are falling deeper into debt. Among all consumers, average, average savings dropped to 10,757 in June from 11,274 in May, Lending Club also found. Here's a breakdown. Nearly a quarter of American households have no emergency savings whatsoever at 23%. 28% have some savings, but not enough to cover three months of expenses. 22% have savings that should cover three to five months of expenses. And 27% have enough savings to cover six months or more of expenses. Again, I reference Dave Ramsey because he has always preached, uh, first you, you build your little nest egg, get three to six months, uh, get, get six months of expenses saved up just in case of emergency. And again, some of this does have to do with the fact that younger generations, particularly my generation, millennials and younger, are, have always struggled with the concept of saving money. It's always been kind of an entitlement, kind of a let me do as I want now mentality. But the new adults arriving on the scene really want to escape debt, have their own property, not just rent their whole lives like millennials and the next generation want to. Gen Z wants to own their own homes. And right now the economy is making that sort of impossible. Now I spent all last week telling you the Biden administration is confident that we're not in a recession right now. And the best case scenario for the Biden administration is that we're not in one yet, but it is coming. The problem for Biden and the problem for the Democrats is that it doesn't matter whether you're officially in a recession or not. The fact of the matter is Americans, when asked, feel like we're in a recession and they are adjusting their spending habits accordingly. In order to make the economy better, there has to be confidence among consumers. They need to feel like it's safe to go out and spend. Spending generates the monies necessary to help the economy go along. When you have high inflation, when you have recession, when you have uh, uh, interest rates going up, when you raise taxes, Chuck Schumer and Joe Manchin, people save their money. They don't go out and spend it. Remember, that was one of the things that really caused the economy to just absolutely spiral out of control during the Great Depression. The moment the markets crashed during the Great Depression, people started hoarding their money. They went to the banks. There was a run on the banks. They went to withdraw all their money, and they just wanted to sit on it for the longest time. One of the, one of the I would say most effective, one of the only effective things that FDR did was go on his national radio show and say, no, what you need to do is you need to trust the banks. Put your trust back in the banks. Put your money back in the banks. Go out and spend. And that stopped the spiral. We were still in a depression for several years, but that stopped the spiral. People need to feel confident. People need to feel that it's safe to go out and spend money in the economy. And we're not shutting away our lives or anything like that. We're not sitting on our money like they did in the Great Depression. We've been sitting at home for three years because of the pandemic. Well, the country as a whole, us around here, not really. We want to go out and spend. We want to go out and celebrate life because the pandemic 
shut us out of life for so long. But we can't do that at the rate we were before. Frankly, the rate that we were doing under Trump when the economy looked so great. We can't do that now because of inflation, because of a possible recession, because of the expectation that taxes are going to go up. Because of energy uh, prices. We cannot go out and spend. And so the economy is in a recession or it's really about to be. I think it is. We have had the two straight quarters of shrinking GDP. The economy may not be in the tailspin it was for the Great Depression, but it is suffering. And now for the poll numbers. When we get back from this bottom of the hour news break here on the Joe Cunningham Show, we'll get to that and more right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. In 2018, Democrats won Hispanic voters by 40 points. A new CBS poll out today shows a statistical tie between Hispanics in the Republican Party and in the Democratic Party. This is from the CBS News Battleground Tracker and YouGov. Voters under 30, how likely are you to vote for one party or the other? Voters under 30, 66% vote Democrat or plan to vote Democrat, 24% plan to vote Republican. Women, 49% Democratic, 39% Republican. Hispanic voters, 45% Democratic, 42% Republican. The margin of error in this poll, 3.3 points. So it could very well be the case that Hispanic voters actually lean more Republican than Democrat. But for all intents and purposes, this is a statistical tie. There are three reasons why Hispanic voters are shifting to the right. These are not in any particular order. The Democrats are incompetent. That's one reason. The Democrats have taken the Hispanic community uh, for granted since they became a, a big voter block in the United States. And the Democrats have always just assumed that they would always have Hispanic voters. But the Democrats have shifted further and further and further and further and further and further and further, and further to the left. Adopting or wanting to adopt policies that Hispanic voters' families have fled from from generations. Not really a secret. The Democrats blows their minds that Hispanic voters would opt to side with the Republicans. Another reason. Hispanic voters, by and large, aren't buying the iniquity argument that Democrats throw out there. They don't believe that there is just substantive iniquity out there. They believe in upward mobility. They believe in that idea of the American dream, that you can come to America and you can work your way to the top. And that's why they come here. And that's why legal immigrants are so mad at illegal immigrants, because they're skipping ahead of the line and taking a piece of the pie that they rightfully earned by going through the citizenship process, going through the legal process. 
And the third major reason that Hispanic voters are shifting to the right is that culturally they do not buy in to the woke agenda. They do not buy into the trans agenda. They do not buy in to the critical race agenda. They do not buy in to the agendas of the left that are pus- pushing social issues that are completely anathema to the culture that most Hispanic voters grew up in. Remember, most Hispanic voters come from largely Catholic families. And even if they are not Catholic themselves, they have a lot of those social and cultural norms deep within their culture. The median Hispanic household earns about $55,000 a year, borderline working middle class. And many worked their way out of poverty. How many Hispanic voters that have worked their way out of poverty, have worked their way into the middle, cl- into the middle class after, their, after they or their parents or their grandparents got here with nothing, really think, really care about pronouns. Really care about what the left is fighting about regarding the LGBTQ agenda. Very, very few. The Democrats have focused on all of this cultural stuff because they think that that's where the majority is. They have listened to social media so much over the years that they've now bought into this. And as a result, they are pushing Hispanic voters out of the way. But it's not just Hispanic voters. Black voters remember how high black employment was during the Trump years. At best, Black voters are staying home in November. The polling is showing that right now. It could be worse. They could straight up decide to vote Republican. Very well could. But it gets worse. Even Barack Obama said when he was in office, the last thing you want to do is raise taxes during a recession. And what did Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer just agree to? Raising your taxes. This from a Washington Post, I'm sorry, not Washington Post, Wall Street Journal editorial. The more Americans learn what's in this tax and spend behemoth, the more they'll dislike it. Start with the author's central claim that the bill will reduce the deficit and thus inflation. The Penn Wharton budget model, which Senator Manchin has been known to watch, examined the details of the Schumer Manchin bill and found that it doesn't contain any net deficit reduction until 2027. The impact on inflation is statistically indistinguishable from zero through 2031, the Penn Wharton modeler said. We don't agree with those who think the deficit reduction leads to a straight line to lower inflation, but that's what the Democrats Democrats claim for their bill. If the first deficit reduction doesn't come for five years, where's the help on inflation today? The, The Wall Street Journal then goes on. The $327 billion in new taxes could slow inflation if the economy falls into recession, and that may be quite the that may be the quiet expectation. But The tax increases on businesses will discourage investment while the Federal Reserve is also raising business costs with higher interest rates. 
tax policy should be working in the opposite direction to encourage investment when the Fed is tightening and the economy is close to recession. Evidence is emerging that the new Schumer Mansion 15% minimum tax on corporate book income is especially harmful to U.S. manufacturing firms. An analysis by Congress's Joint Committee on Taxation, which is hardly a nest of supply-siders, found that 49.7% of the tax would hit U.S. manufacturers. And do you know what happens when taxes hit manufacturers and taxes hit businesses, especially small businesses, in the United States? You and I pay more. You and I will end up paying more. So not only are you, as a business owner, going to be paying more to the federal government, but you, as a consumer, will be paying more. And those of you who are working at an industrial job, a manufacturing job, a small business position of some sort, and you're really wanting a raise to help compete with inflation and its increased costs on you, newer taxes are going to stave off that raise because your business owner, your boss, is going to be paying more to the government and will have less to invest in employees and business growth. Going back to the Wall Street Journal, the new tax increase arrives only days after the Senate passed a $280 billion subsidy bill for computer chip manufacturers in the name of keeping the U.S. globally competitive. Now Democrats want to take a chunk of that back for themselves via the minimum book tax. Subsidies for a few, tax increases for the many. So much for Biden's claim that he, that he wants a renaissance in U.S. manufacturing. They are trying to stifle U.S. manufacturing and business. There's a separate report that came out in 2019, I think, that showed that the state of Texas produces more oil than any other country outside of like Saudi Arabia, Iraq, and Venezuela, and Russia maybe. So Texas produces more oil than most of the oil-producing countries in the world. Texas. And it could be producing more, but the Biden administration, despite saying that they want energy costs to come down and they want meaningful energy cost reduction in the U.S. economy, won't let oil manufacturers, oil producers, drillers and gas producers and driller, uh, gas producers to do any sort of drilling on public land. All, all of this oil drilling is coming almost primarily from private land in Texas where the government can't put a stop to it. But they can do other things, and they have, and they will continue to do other things to try to make it cost prohibitive to produce oil and gas in the country. This CHIPS bill, same thing. They're giving out all sorts of tax breaks, but then want to turn around and increase taxes on the very manufacturers that are going to be getting these subsidies. The Joint Committee on Taxation finds that average tax rates will increase for nearly every income category in 2023 under the bill. Taxes will rise by $16.7 billion in 2023 on Americans earning less than $200,000 a year. Taxpayers earning between $200,000 and $500,000 will pay $14.1 billion more. This gives the lie to the Democratic claims that no one earning under $400,000 will pay more taxes under the bill, a promise Mr. Biden also made in his campaign. The reality is that the Schumer-Mansion bill is a tax increase on nearly every American.
and they want to pass this tax increase to you and me and say that this is how we're going to fight inflation. This is how we're going to save the U.S. economy. This is the Democrats' plan. And so, to go back to the beginning of this segment, Democrats won Hispanic voters by 40 points in 2018. Hispanic voters believe in upward mobility. They believe in fighting their way out of poverty. They believe that the system is not filled with iniquity. You just need to work for it. And the Democrats, with Joe Manchin turning and waving proudly at his party, the Democrats are going to try to undo all of that upward mobility and tax those Hispanic voters that have just barely gotten out of poverty. Why? Because that's what Democrats do. That is their answer for everything. It does not matter the problem. The answer is always going to be to raise taxes. And you wonder why everything fell apart the moment Joe Biden took office. All right, let's take a break and head into our last segment. This is Joe Cunningham here on The Joe Cunningham Show. More to come as we talk about Donald Trump making an endorsement today. Could be happening soon. We'll talk about that here on The Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. It's amazing to me just how much the Democrats have really hurt themselves in all this. It's not just the fact that we are looking at the utter collapse of the Democratic Party. I mean, you now have uh, my friends at Decision Desk HQ, which is a phenomenal website, elections tracker and everything. They now say the Senate, uh, the Republicans are favored to take back the Senate in 2022. The Republicans are poised. Even Herschel Walker in Georgia is poised to win. Right now, Herschel Walker, by most polling, is down somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four points for Raphael Warnock, which sounds bad when you look at it that way. But consider Brian Kemp in 2018, um, Nathan Deal in 2014, uh, various Republican senators or Senate candidates in those years. They've all, at this point in the summer, been down three to four points to their Democratic opponent. And the media has celebrated. The media has celebrated, oh, look, uh, George is about to turn blue, yada, yada, yada. Well, Brian Kemp is not going to let it fall to Stacey Abrams' hands in the gubernatorial race. But in the Senate race, Herschel Walker is down the exact same percentage range that Brian Kemp was down to Stacey Abrams back in 2018. And historically, Republicans who are three to four points down in Georgia this time of the summer end up winning. Herschel Walker has gotten a new campaign team. He's going out on the trail. He's going to start making media appearances. He made a public appearance today. I think it was today. He responded to an MSNBC uh, contributor who, who referred to Herschel Walker as the N-word. Demanded, or didn't even demand anything, just said, I will pray for MSNBC, I'll pray for this person. 
Herschel Walker is out there now making smart decisions on the campaign trail. He's got an experienced team that's there helping him build the way. In Pennsylvania, God help me, Mehmet Oz is doing a pretty good job on the campaign trail. Not great, but he's not ruining it. My problem right now is in Missouri. And I need to talk about Missouri because it looks like Donald Trump is about to make an endorsement. I haven't seen the news come across yet. I haven't gotten any sort of um, notification on it yet. Let me just go to Twitter one more time and make sure. Has Trump made any sort of endorsement yet? He announced that he was going to sometime today, but he hasn't yet. Yesterday, yesterday, Donald Trump went after Eric Schmidt, the current attorney general of Missouri. Schmidt is the guy that we really, really, really want to win that primary. He will absolutely hold on to that seat. But Donald Trump Jr.'s girlfriend, Kimberly Guilfoyle, is working on the staff of Eric Greitens, the former governor, scandal-plagued sociopath. And Greitens could very well be getting Trump's endorsement today. Trump went after Schmidt yesterday. My sources on the ground in and around Missouri are saying that the, that the Schmidt campaign is expecting or prepping for Donald Trump to make an endorsement of Eric Greitens. Now, let me give you the lay of the land right now. As of right now, in the GOP race, Eric Schmidt is up, averaging... Oh, let's say he's averaging about eight points ahead of Eric Greitens. Most recent poll has him at has uh, Schmidt at twenty eight percent, Greitens at twenty percent, uh, Hartzler, Vicky Hartzler at thirteen percent. Now Trump did come out and say that he would never endorse Vicky Hartzler. Uh, I think Hartzler may have been one of the impeachment votes against Trump, but she's been critical of Trump and. She's got name recognition in the state, but there's some people behind the scenes who think that Vicki Hartzler is all about Vicki Hartzler and that's it. But Eric Schmidt's the guy. Eric Schmidt is the guy you want to send to the U.S. Senate. And if you want to talk about president, Josh Hawley, who conservatives love, was the attorney general of Missouri before beating Claire McCaskill in 2018. What's more... Josh Hawley is the attorney general that investigated Eric Greitens, and, and that investigation is what forced Greitens to resign, to leave office. Greitens has 20% of the vote, according to the most recent survey, and that's kind of where he's been averaging. The problem is, he's lost a little bit of ground, and Eric Schmidt has been growing. The highest that he's gotten, Eric Schmidt has gotten, is 39%, and that was late July, right? The most recent poll gives him 28% of the vote. 
if Donald Trump supports Eric Greitens and it shifts the race back to Greitens, I don't think you're guaranteed that Missouri stays red in that seat. I don't. Missouri's not a red state quite yet. It's getting more conservative. It, it allowed Claire McCaskill to exist for a long, long time. If the Republicans want to make sure that they keep the Senate, they have to, in Missouri, vote for Eric Schmidt. That's the goal. To get the most conservative because Eric Greitens was a Democrat until just before he ran for governor, the most conservative and best candidate out there. And that's Eric Schmidt. That'll do it for today. 23 hours until the Joe Cunningham show returns. In the meantime, stick around because offsides with me and Shannon will be on in just a moment. In the meantime, twitter.com slash Joe Cunningham show, facebook.com slash, I'm sorry, uh, Joe P. Cunningham on Twitter, Joe Cunningham show on Facebook and check out the podcast version of the show. I'll talk to you guys again real soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.